0: This is Beyond the Fight season two, back in action. Last week I got back into it after a long layoff due to the COVID, getting a new job, etc. But we're back in action. Today I'm joined by not one, but two guests. One is a returnee making his record third appearance and the other is his first interview before he fights next week on August 8th. He is one of the bright futures of Canadian MMA. He's a striking genius after I saw him fight at Infusion in February and starched his opponent. He is Nick DeSantis with Sandro Furrow. What's up, guys? What's up? So, big fight next week. How do you feel for it?
1: I feel ready, really confident. I feel like I could finish uh, this one right now. I'm trying to get my first KO, so I feel like it's going to come.
0: Yeah, it's a whole process, man. You just got to embrace it as is. But before we get into that and the fight, tell us about what you did before fighting, because your story is kind of unique. You went from like one extreme into hockey, into combat sports.
1: Yeah, so like, before fighting, like, like I always wanted to be like a hockey player. Like, since I was a young age, I started at four years old playing hockey, until uh, 18. So, like, I, my dream was always to be in the NHL when I was a young kid, like every other um, hockey player, and yeah. And, like, basically what got me into fighting, it was, like, everything, like, came, like, at, like, the perfect time. Because, like, so, like, this is when I was, like, 16. It's been, like, uh, when I was 16, after, like, multiple times of getting cut from my my teams and stuff like that. Like, uh, it just, it was just, like, the, um, it just came off, like, at the perfect moment. Because, like. Like, I went to a gold gym to prepare, like, for hockey, to become a stronger hockey player, to be like that. And in that gym, like, my goal was not to do kickboxing. So then I went, uh, I went to try out the kickboxing class because I was interested. And uh, then I liked it. And that, that was, like, the same moment. Like, I was, like, feeling sad because my, my hockey career, like, wasn't going and stuff like that. And then, uh, like I pursued it, like there was also like uh, one of the coaches there in the kickboxing for at the gym was uh, you had her on your podcast. Yeah, Jesse. Jesse, she was uh, one of the coaches there, and she recommended me to go to TriStar if I wanted to continue, like uh, following this.
0: What was you? What level were you? Did you get up to in hockey?
1: In hockey, I always played double letters. Okay.
0: I played ball hockey, so it doesn't count.
1: Yeah,
0: but I mean, I did play, and I was a pretty good. I was a, I was a good stay-at-home defenseman. Yeah, and if I scored, it was rare. But when I, but when I, but when I did score, I made sure it, like the other team knew that I was an yeah, asshole yeah. about it. So yeah, did you ever play ball hockey too, other than ice? I, I played
1: the ball hockey like in, in school in gym gym class, okay. but mostly I was like ice hockey since uh, I was really small.
0: I was four years old. and I've been playing that. You were a forward or a defenseman? I was a forward. Okay, I was a D man, as I say. But I played forward on the power play when, yeah. when I could. But uh, I know what you mean when you have that moment when it's like you want to try something new, and that happened with yeah. me. Like it was for me, it was twenty fifteen. I had my moment, and it was like yeah, it's like it's like it's like you get bored of it, and then like there's also the other stuff, all the shenanigans that happen, and. You want to try something different so like for yeah. me it was taekwondo then i got into karate which i've been doing since and, and then once i get my black belt it's like i'm just going right into kickboxing after
1: yeah like exactly like like if if that moment happened to me like a year before or a year later i wouldn't be here right now it's like that exact moment that they like brought me here
0: so did you like know about like, were you following MMA before like you do now or before, was it more?
1: I, I was not really following like MMA. Like I, I knew about it. Like I, I heard like, like the first guy I heard about was Conor McGregor. He was the first guy I heard about that. I used to like watch him trash talk and stuff like that. But uh, basically I used to not watch
0: fights before. I know, that was the same way. Like I, like, I knew who the fighters were. Like my yeah. era was... Uh, John Jones, GSP, Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfour, like the, like, the who's who. And it's like, so it wasn't as much trash talking, but, like, you came on at a, a good time, man. Like, that, that, that's, that's yeah. good timing. Yeah. And uh, so, so you got into kickboxing, and then after that, how did you and Sandro come in contact? What happened there? Well, like,
1: first I started off going to Chai Star, and, like, I knew, like, I wanted, like, um. Like a coach, you know, to guide me and stuff like that. So like, it's like a month after I went to Chester, like I started like looking for coaches. I tried a bunch of coaches, and like the one that stood out to me was Sanjo with his like unique style and everything, and like we connected good.
0: He's got a way of finding connections, man. And then, like, what was that? What was that first meeting? Like when you met him?
2: Well, like I had. Well, at first I noticed him saying, you know, like. I've seen guys come and go from gyms. So when I met Nick, I said, you know, he's a young kid, but at the same time, like he had the maturity like of somebody that's much older, because he was disciplined. So nowadays, it's pretty hard for to get that. You know, like everybody today want, wants to be like a star, like in their first couple of fights. You know, like they wanna they wanna show up to try star and they wanna impress everybody. And if it doesn't work and and they don't get a thousand likes, like that's it, you don't see them no more.
0: That's the unfortunate culture we're living in. Yes,
2: Uh, Nick comes from this gen, but for me, I think he's got that old school knack, which comes like he's very well disciplined. I think it's his hockey background too, because like they drill and drill and drill. And he's got this never say die of a type of an attitude. So when he came along, he was very like uh, brute, you know, like rough, like on the edges. And uh, Jesse told me that he was a hard worker. So I said, all right, like let's try it out. But I know that he had already tried out like a couple of coaches. So I guess like it's to actually get like a type of connection, you know, like how Firaz has a connection with George St. Pierre, that will never go away. You know, George like has met a lot of different coaches, which has helped him throughout the years but Firaz and him will always be, you know, like they have that little connection which they It's, know it's
0: like that so long. it's like that Big Mac sauce. It goes good on the bread <laughs> you need it. You need the yeah. Big Mac sauce in order to make the Big Mac and that's G S P and Firaz basically. Yeah.
2: So like I could say Nick came along, like we did a couple of sessions, like he came to a couple of my classes and after that like I asked him, I said, Look like you, you wanna jump into a smoker and he like, Yeah, let's go, you know, like I wanna knock somebody's head off, you know so <laughs> I said, all right, let's go. So when he jumped into the smoker scene, people were actually thinking that I was lying because I said, it's his first ever, you know, combat competition, like in a smoker. And uh, they put him up against somebody which had the same experience. It was a first timer. I, well, sorry, sorry. I think the guy had a couple of fights already. And Nick was a newbie, but he was determined. He trained hard, like he did his thing. And we had installed like the overhand right. And that night was a disaster for his opponent. You know, a smoker tends to, oh, okay. Like we tend to play with the, we tend to play with the tempo. You know, like sometimes the guys go hard and then when the referee has to calm it down because it's like an exhibition. But at the end of the day, like I will say, a fight's a fight. You know, like it can be an exhibition or it could be a pro fight. The guy across from you is not there to be nice to you. The guy is there to knock your block off. So Nick, like, sort of impressed everybody, and and everybody came up to me saying, "Coach, like, that's impossible. Like, it's not his first fight." He says, "Yes, it is. It's his first ever fight. He him an octagon, and he, I think he stopped him like in the second round." Like you stopped in it was the
1: end of the third. Oh, sorry. That no, it was end the of the
2: third.
0: it. Kind of sounds like that Mike Tyson story where it's like, he's 13. No, he's not. He's 16. No. <laughs> he's yeah. 13. He's like, no, he's 16. And then it's like, you have to see it to believe so it. So
2: I had to actually argue with some people thinking that I was an ass, like thinking that I was a cheater, but I'm not. Like, I'll tell you straight up. I like to put the newbies up against... Uh, up against like fire, like I want to throw them into the fire pit, meaning that they are gonna learn like with the best. So if they're sparring like with full sparring, that's great, we, because that's gonna test your character, your will, and your smarts. So at the same time, like when like he showed like this performance, like people were like, no, 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 coach, like I'm sure like he's been with you like for two, three years. And it, and, and it wasn't even, like, a couple of months, so like he came in there, like, he give
0: it Was this in 2018 or
2: 2019? I think it was 2019, or 2018. Like, it, the, end might of, have, uh,
1: the end of 2018. No, I was, I was supposed to get, like, remember, because, like, like, a lot of opponents, they backed out. Oh, yes. I was supposed to fight in 2018, but, like, it never happened. In, like, 2019,
2: I got my food. Yeah that's awesome it's funny because a lot of people said no but i said it's only a smoker guys like he's got zero fights zero 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 and uh i don't like people tend to sometimes not believe us at Tristar, you know but it's because of his determination because of his training because of his work ethic and he's a good student meaning he listens when he's fighting because whenever you're in the octagon or ring it's chaotic, So a lot of coaches tend to scream and go crazy. And some of the fighters don't hear shit. Like, they don't understand. Like, they don't get it. Because they run on emotion. He'll probably tell you. And, like, I'm sure, like, you've known me. Like, I'm not the type of guy that's going to scream, like, my head off. Yeah,
0: when you're in infusion, you were very quiet. Like, there's other coaches that were there, like, yelling. Like, they're, they were kind of, like...
2: That, that, that's, like, a different approach. There are some coaches... It works for them for me like I like to take it like I like to observe and execute and let him do his thing and if there's things like to rearrange well we'll talk like at the end of the first round at the end of the second round because if I'm there screaming at you you don't need a motivator like you you need to express yourself you know of course like I'm gonna throw out like a, a couple of cues you know, like, if his hands are dropping a bit too low, like, if if I see an opening, like, I'm going to call it, but I'm not going to constantly go crazy on him and add more chaos to chaos. That's more my style, you know. Like, I don't know if some other coaches, it works for them. Well, so be it. But for me, like, I don't see that's not a smart approach, you know. Like, you got to relax with your... I have to keep him as calm as possible in chaos when when it comes to
0: chaos yeah it's really a smart approach that's what mo does with me too because like Mo says he's like as i told you when you were on my last appearance he's like you're not gsp you're not john jones you're not conor mcgregor you're <laughs> andrew you got to do you got your drew you have to fight your yeah, fight does he does he take the same approach with you where he says don't compare yourself to xyz you're nick you got to do what works for you right yeah if you could model yourself after one fighter that, you, that you've seen sandro talk about or work with if it's one or two, who are like the the who's the fighter or fighters you like to model your game after based on what based on your journey so far? Me
1: like I, I watch like a lot of like flashy guys that switch stances like like the Israel Adesanya, okay. Shawn Mally, like, mm-hmm. those type of styles are
0: like.
2: Yeah, like he's got a similar style.
0: But but the thing but the thing is though like when I watched the Madden infusion, it was it, it works really well. That's the thing. He has the footwork from hockey. So that's probably because of all the skating you've done and all this moving your legs and like the hips around, you have an easy way, time switching stances to utilize that to your advantage. Yeah. And I was, and like, and uh, so when you, so after that smoker fight that in 2019, you know, you break the virginity you pop the chair you break the virginity yeah of like being your first fight what was like that adrenaline like when you went tell me about what's that feeling like, like
1: my first fight that was like crazy it was like i was kind of like nervous but like like excited like it was like weird emotions like like it went it all went like super fast like uh all this and uh like it was like really exciting like also like in the fight like i was i got like I feel like the energy,
2: like, um, like, the rush, right? Yeah. It's that
0: rush. You're like, you get that rush, like that adrenaline. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, like, I think that, uh, that fight made, made him realize that he's not only a good hockey player, but he's made, he's made for this. He's made to fight because he doesn't wince, Like, he doesn't back off. He's uh, very cerebral. Like, he's a very calm fighter. When it's time to be calm, like, he's a good counter fighter and now he's a bit more aggressive. So he learned with those, uh, like he learned with those fights, how to get more aggressive. Because in the beginning, like he was always a counter fighter, waiting and waiting and waiting. Now we installed that. I'm waiting and you're not coming, well, I'm coming at you. That's what you saw. Like at uh, Infusion, he didn't wait. Like he waited for the guy to make a mistake and then he went on.
0: I don't want to sound biased, but like, his fight was like the most complete technical fight. Because the like, other ones were like... It was kind of like a slugfest of who's going to tire out first, basically. And...
2: Well, that's like the amateur realm. Like, you'll, you'll probably get a couple of good technical fighters. Uh, but the majority of them, they're actually gonna, they're actually going to depend more on their physical conditioning. And it's not to insult, but... When you're in the amateur realm, a lot of fighters want to depend on physical conditioning, cardio, strength, you know, but not a lot are prone yet to use that physical conditioning with tempo, timing, distance control, you know. That's what I'm trying to install with Nick, which he like grasps on, like he loves to distance control, like like he posts well. He switches off well. He he uses his hands very well. So now like, we're working a lot on finishing up with those kicks, you know. So like he's got a couple of things which are uh, which are in his bag.
0: Have you taught? So you? I know you do kickboxing. Is it like Muay Thai based or Dutch kickboxing? What's uh... uh? K1 Dutch. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're with a good coach. You got the good one because everyone does Muay Thai. Muay Thai. You, you got to differ. You, you have a different man. That's the and Why do you think they don't do Dutch kickboxing in Montreal as much? What, uh, why is it so
2: hard to find it? Like, there's Muay Thai, there's Taekwondo, and there's karate. My opinion, like, I guess, like, it's the, the lack of demand, or probably they're not very educated on it. So it's very European, you know. Like, if you talk Dutch style kickboxing and, and, and you go to Holland, like, you go to Germany and you go to Croatia it's very you know dutch kickboxing is you know that's what it is but over here like i think it's a big craze like of the traditional muay thai arts so everybody fell in love with that and there's a lot of authentic muay thai crews which are in montreal and then there's a lot of them which want to be authentic but they push it to the brink where like i find like it's more of the it's not more of a style like it's more of a, hey like i want to be part of your gang you know it's like just use what works for you you know like i get guys which are very good like in basic muay thai which works perfectly for them it's good so then like we just continue to work basics or maybe like i put in a glitch of something like a, a shifting stance uh like a counter whatever but dutch style you listen like i can say the basics and fundamentals of some of the best Muay Thai fighters on the planet, Raymond Deckers. And nobody could could try to debate me on that. He's, he was one of the original. And he's a Dutch style kickboxer and became one of the best and famous Muay Thai fighters of all fucking time. Yeah, fighting
0: the ties at their oh, game. the
2: ties at their game. And you know, so like, you cannot say that Raymond Deckers is not good. He's a legend, he's a pioneer, and till this day, people that look at Muay Thai talk about Raymond Deckers, and people that talk about Dutch style talk about Raymond Deckers. Raymond
0: Deckers, Ernesto Hoos. Exactly,
2: you know, like, then the list goes on and on and on. So, I guess, like, people have to have a way to mend those two and stop trying to compete, saying, oh, well, Muay Thai is better than this, Ah, oh, Dutch style better. No, it's not, like it depends on the fighter. Like if uh, Nick is more, Nick is more fluid with the Dutch style because he's very good with his hands and with his low kicks. And you know, but he's not going to stand in the pocket and just bang, you know, one kick for me, one kick for you, one kick for me. That's very traditional Muay Thai. That's in Thailand, you know? Plus like in Thailand, it's, how can I say it? Like it's a different scoring system. So the, so the more knees, the more control in clinching, the more kicks you throw, the more points you get. But if you get rocked with hands, they don't count it. That's how it is in Thailand. Like it's a different scoring system. So here in Canada, like they like to talk about Muay Thai, Muay Thai, Muay Thai, but you have that little percentage of coaches here, which actually know the traditional Muay Thai rules and like basics that's pretty interesting there yeah like you gotta look into it You, you see like i i would never call myself crew even if i was coached by some of the best and most renowned muay thai crews around but i learned And I'm still a student of the fight game, but I prefer Dutch style kickboxing because it comes with my kibishin roots, which is more easier to teach. And adapt into there. And adapt into a mixed martial arts fighter, like adapt into a kickboxer. You know, like a lot of the MMA fighters love like the Dutch style because it adapts very well to their, to their sprawl and brawl type of technique. Also it's, Two different beasts, you know, like, there's much respect for every single one of them. You, like, you just got to know when to use it. And here in Montreal, like, there's no elbows, there's no knees, and the clinch, because it became the K1, like, the amateur scene in K1, like, they're allowed to clinch maybe a couple of seconds, maybe three seconds, five maximum, but if nothing is going on, well, the referee's got to do his job, then he has to split them up. I guess they're allowed like one or two knees, and that's it. Yeah, which I find is good because in amateur, let them express themselves, let them not cling on for dear life. You know, like that's all I, that's all I've seen around. You know, like so far, like there's maybe a handful of good clinchers here, but whenever some guys like they're tired, like that's what they go to. Like oh. Well, let me clinch and let me waste time and let me grind it out. It's not nice to watch. Like it's nothing technical.
0: No, you want to see the flow. You want to see like the music, at distance. Like when Nick cuts the distance, and not only that, uses his his reach to like keep the, his opponent at bay. That's what we want to see, basically.
2: Well, see, look, like I say, like if you're a great clinch artist, it's it's beautiful to watch because the sweeps, the elbows the knees the switch knees you know it's gorgeous to, to watch but we're in North America like it's very rare I mean, that we're gonna have somebody of that high freaking caliber you know like guys that fight out of the 1FC now that's beautiful clinching like right? that's like that's beautiful Muay Thai fighting have you, you been watched?
0: do you watch 1FC too yeah I
2: watch 1FC I, I
0: have a, I had a what's his name you might you might know him Tan Lee. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so, sorry, I'm a tiny yes, yes. Yeah, he was on my show. The guy's a Taekwondo master. Mm-hmm. Nice. He's a Taekwondo master, but he's got that Muay. But he's, he he meshed like Muay Thai beautifully with Taekwondo, and it's like something to watch. Like he's basically like that's a guy you should watch in one. Yeah, and he he's been to TriStar too actually a few times.
2: I think so. Like yeah. we've seen so. Many guys walk in and out. Like,
0: I couldn't even tell. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's one that's one you should watch. Tan Lee's like, he's going to be fighting in Vietnam eventually. His, he's from America, but he's Vietnamese, and he's uh, that's a guy you should watch at Featherweight. What, what what weight class do you fight at? I fight at
1: Bantamweight.
0: Okay, so one class below, but yeah. still, like, man, like uh, those lighter weight classes, it, you won't get knockouts, but it's more technique. And I think. Uh,
2: and speed technique. and technique look but I, Nick has knockout power it's crazy that's spread. that's
0: what I saw like yes, n infusion
2: he's at 130 135 and Nick can hit like a 155 like that's the first thing that, that I noticed like he's got some some fighters have that like he has that you know, like that grind so if he hits you flush you know like he'll put your lights out and I've seen that done a couple of times but due to the helmet rule, like he's rocked a couple of his opponents, but I think the helmet like kept them standing up. But they, but they were in la land, you know. Like, I yeah, know, that, they got a couple of his fights like that.
0: Yeah, that guy that you fought at Infusion, that guy had like it was like levels. It was like watching Wonderboy versus Vicente Luque, like yeah. in at UFC 244. It's like he's here, but like you were up here. It's not like to your ego, but it's like I know when I see like a good striking fight. The levels are evident like you like there's always gonna be an evidence of like where the level is Yeah,
1: most of the time when like that happens like the guys like This when they see like I have a higher level than them. They like try to like bum rush me. They try to grab me yeah, like, they, they try, try to, to like go hard, him. but like then they get hit like
0: They're hurting themselves in the yeah. end like they you have to, like if you're gonna like fight your game plan Don't bum rush and then like try to be a brawler. Yeah. It doesn't end well like
1: like a lot of guys like I fought, they, they had like that. They fought like that. They used to always grab me or like
2: just run at me. Like it's not like skill. it's just like nonsense. Well, well that's like the amateur realm. Like there's a lot of guys which are like I said, skilled and like they'll way and move with you to make an error and like counter you. And then there's some which are just gonna rely on like pure grit and pure like uh, conditioning. And that, I guess, it comes with experience, you know. I guess it comes with confidence, experience. So when guys are not that confident, like they're gonna get into that, oh, like the bell rings and I'm running at you, you know. So what happens, happens, you know. But like, we try our best, like, to coach the guys, like, to be observant, to see what's going on. So if they bum rush, well, you gotta keep, coming that distance make him pay for like coming in too hard and stay alert because this is very dangerous because when a fight starts off like 100 miles an hour and you're not, you know, that quick off the draw, like that's when, like, that's when something could happen, which has happened in the past, you know, so like I tell the guys always, guys, be careful, like I know the guys sometimes are nervous, but if the guy's are gonna jump at you like, like a wild animal, keep those hands up, post them out, pop that jab out, Pop that right cross, pop that teep out, so you make the and then trust me, like after a couple of seconds, I can say maybe 12 seconds, 15 seconds, everything calms down. Because then he's going, oh man, that doesn't work, shit, now what? Then, 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 then it's time to play, you know? So now he's at that state, like at that stage, sorry, where he knows when to go, and he knows when not to go. Course, like he's got a lot of things I'm gonna to continue to learn. But for me, he's like improved so much, like in a year and a half. That let's do it. Know, he's got a much
0: better fight. Yeah, you caught the attention of Maz, man. That's pretty good. So yeah. it's, uh it's you win when you fight an NFL. Do you win anything if you win your fight? Like is there like a little cash prize maybe or no? There's no,
1: nothing really.
0: It's like a trophy maybe or like or you a, get
1: like a medal. That's all.
0: all right. Yeah, man, you gotta, like, so, you know, obviously, you know, when you make it big, obviously, you know, it's gonna come a lot of hangarounds with that, with that fame. And, oh, you're a fighter? Yeah, yeah, I'm a fighter, you know, you gotta be careful. So Yeah, like, you yeah, actually yeah, seen yeah, this, like, that's. I already
1: get that, like, <laughs> like, people, like, try to be friends with me because I'm a fighter. Like, they try to be, like, if, when they know I'm a fighter, they try to be, like,
0: all nice to me after. Careful with that, man, especially yeah. like, once you start making money because you gotta, you gotta really, like, this is such a common theme we see right now. You're young, so you know you're 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 amateur still. But once you make it to professional, you be smart with your money, man. Like don't don't let the temptation get to you because the window is very finite when you make it pro. It's like you have a certain amount of years. You want to make your money and then invest it well. So like, you, I'm sure you've seen that. Is that something that like you're trying yeah, to work yeah, off of? like I
1: saw like a lot of fighters like invest. Obviously, I I saw that like that's like something I look into. Like investing your money and stuff like that, because then after, like when you're done fighting, you still have money on the side that
0: you could do other stuff with. Yeah, like Izzy is at when he won the belt. All the money he got, like the five hundred thousand, yeah. put it in his rental properties that he has, and he's like, you got to keep your money making money for you. So, is yeah. that and then like I'm sure you have like Sandro guiding you to making sure to make good choices because. It's very like sound drum. So sure you see the guys that come up, they get that pro fight, and then you know like they think it's gonna come again, but then the money dries up, and you know.
2: Like... I I've seen a lot of up and coming pros, which uh, especially here like in Canada, like it's not a big thing I mean, with money. Like they don't make a lot of money. Like they can make thousand uh, dollars, eight hundred dollars, but that's in the first couple of fights. Unless they have an agent, that could hook them up. You know. <coughs>
0: You gotta pay the yeah it's okay. You gotta pay, you gotta pay the agent fees and then you gotta pay taxes. You gotta pay, yeah. So it's like make sure you're smart, man, because it's it's uh, it's something we see now. We hear about the fighter pay. I'm not paid enough, you know. I you know, like there. I'm not getting paid enough, you know. Like you, you saw with Masvidal, John Jones. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, what like when you see that like does it make you like realize like you know when I make it it's like I gotta be smart with my decisions. Yeah, like it,
1: it makes me realize like. Like, these guys, they don't really, like, get, like, like what they're worth, you know? Some guys should be making, like, a lot more. But, like, that's why you got to have, like, multiple streams of income. Like, McGregor, he has his businesses. He has his uh, whiskey business. That's another, like, income source that he gets. Like, uh, that's, like, really important. Like.
0: Yeah, there's that. And then and your rental pro- property or, like, yeah. just good stocks. Like, good stocks that nothing, like... That's too risky, but stuff for the long run that, you know, is going to, like, build up over time. So when you're, like, 50, 60, it's like you're living off the, the dividends of that. Exactly. So, like, you're in, so now that you're in, so you're in C-Gep? No, now, like, I don't go to school anymore. Like, I focus on my training. Okay. And stuff like that. Yeah. And you have your day job, too, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I just want you to know, like, there's a big hack... Whenever I go to uh, Mr. Pretzel, yeah. I take the samples. Like, no, tomorrow. I want you to know Like I'm a fucking fat ass when I go. Like, I make sure it's the cinnamon sugar one, and I always take it. They put a fresh pouch out, I take like five of them. like, give me that. Yeah. And they don't care, I don't know. It's like, you guys are like, I don't know. Why are you, you're so passive. You're like, yeah, here, take it. It's like, I've only had one stickler that said, I've seen you before, stop taking my samples for others. And I said, but no one's eating them. I'm, I'm here, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: But now with like all the COVID restrictions, now there's like no more
0: samples. I know. So I, was we like, gotta give out samples. I was like, I was like, I was like, damn it! It's like, there's no more samples for Mr. Pretzel. What's your favorite flavor? Like
1: me, my favorite flavor. I like sugar cinnamon. That's
0: like the best one. You know which one's underrated? The Parmesan one. Yeah, the
1: Parmesan is good. Also, like the, the Napolitano one. Yes. It's like Parmesan with Italian spices. Yes, that that's a good. good.
0: And then sometimes you have like the ones with the 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 frosting.
1: Yeah
0: the There's like the Nutella one But it's like It's, it's so easy to get like, I don't know about, I don't know how you are With sweets But I don't I like don't,
2: Like I Like chocolate But I don't Like mess around With all kinds of sweets Like if you Buy me a McCain Chocolate cake Like I'm good man <laughs> you, you know like I'm not very picky On that
0: what about when it comes to ice cream? I'm a Blizzard guy. Like, right now, like, I have an addiction to Blizzard. So if there's, like, if there's like, a, like, a, Bl- like a Dairy Queen Addict- Addicts Anonymous, like, um, I, I'm going to have to be there after this summer because it's, it's so much after, you know, you, after, you know, you, I got my new job where I'm at now, like, at uh, one of Canada's biggest telecom companies. I'm just eating, like, Dairy Queen every week on the Saturday. It's like, hey, I go biking. Dairy Queen, what's, what's your Blizzard of choice if you could... Oreo. Okay. It's fine.
1: Like, it's the plain one, but I like that. Yeah, it's Oreo also. Like,
2: it's like the original. It's like the best one. I learned. But, like, I don't usually eat a lot of mm-hmm. that. But if ever I do happen to be with, like, my nephew and niece, you know, like, that they want to go to Dairy Queen or whatever, it's like, let's do it, you know. like let's eat Why it. not? But then, like, I get guilty, so then I got to go to 360 Punch and, like. Ah oh, no. Like, on Sundays and just. Train my ass off, you know, because like, they got a great like facility to train out of. I'm gonna sweat everything out, so. Yeah,
0: how, how are they doing since, have you, have you been there yet? Yeah, I
2: was there today, I was training today there. How
0: have they been since they reopened, like with all the restrictions, like what's going on exactly? Are they allowed to have people inside, or do you have to be outside still?
2: No, we train inside. Okay. Well, it's actually both, because you know, mm-hmm. like, they do a lot of stationary stuff. Yeah. So it's not a lot of people I mean, which are allowed, I mean, so that you gotta call before like to reserve your spot, so they follow all of the procedures I mean, which are given, so of course they gotta walk in with a mask, and then from there like, you gotta always sanitize on your hands, you know, and you gotta make sure that you gotta bring your towel, I mean, because like, you wanna, if ever somebody has whatever, like you, like you don't wanna risk people of getting infected or whatever, So, no, no, like, they got their shit down, down packed, man. Like, I could tell you if, like, if they wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be there. You know, like, I chose that gym to not to stay in shape, you know, and uh, due to the coaches and, like, uh, I could say that they have a high intensity, they have very good vibes, like, they're very positive people, you know, like, you got Xavier, Matthew, like, you got Josh, like, Sav you know, James you know, James? Like, yeah, James I on mean, I'm like, like, he's a, another uh, trainer, like, in the week
0: Okay, there's also the guy, uh, Matthew's guy, JC mm, He's uh, a tall, tall, skinny guy He trains at TriStar
2: oh, no, 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 bro Like, you're talking about James I mean, James, yeah. James, like James trains there I And, mean, like, he holds spasms sometimes But, like, the main coaches, like Are those four guys, which I mentioned And, like I said, like, it's, uh, you know i speak the truth like they got their shit down packed, man like it's everything is procedures and it's you know like it's safe and clean environment and uh, of course like they know their shit. like if they want to train you to get you like physically fit like like a combat fighter like i bring a lot of my guys there i'm gonna like get physically fit like for combat well x is x is a professional fighter so X knows how to mend them into professional fight shape. So it's easy to get somebody in shape, but in fight shape, is a whole different body. And you have
0: Jeff Chan too there.
2: Jeff like, came down like to finish his uh, training camp, because like, he fights out of one FC. And I think like you sparred him too, huh? Jeff Chan, I haven't sparred him yet. Oh, okay, okay. I, mean, because like, I remember that they were all like in this. Yeah, like I
1: saw him spar, we spar like um, at the same times, but like I, I never got to spar him. Okay. Hopefully in the future
2: I, like, I spar him. But Jeff Chan like is one of those up and coming stars, man, you know, like he's very diverse. He's uh, like, I, like, I love to say that when you're 10 dimensional, like you're something to be reckoned with. And he's disciplined and from what I've seen from like the times which I've spoke to him, I met him, I can say like uh, he's a student of the fight game. So when you got all that talent and you're still, you're still a student of the fight game and you're picking from everybody, means like you're gonna do very well.
0: Do you like, uh, is the goal when you go pro, do you want to go, is it to get into glory or, well, glory, I think uh, is kind of, you heard that glory was like kind of bankrupt and then they got bought out by a new owner.
2: I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Like,
0: um, I don't even know much. Like, I think I heard it, it's like, okay, I'll ask if you heard, but is it a goal for you For get into one or like Bellator or UFC when you go? Well,
1: me, my goal, like, obviously it's UFC. It's the biggest promotion and stuff like that. But like, I know, like, my first couple of fights, like, I'm not going to, like my my debut is not gonna be in the UFC so like to get to the UFC I want to like touch like certain organizations like maybe in Europe, ONE, Bellator.
0: yeah you got like and you already have like some guys in ONE or maybe KSW yeah yeah, can you, what what do you know about KSW? Because like you know, you have uh, Rob that was that fights out of there, and you know you know RoboCop too, obviously. Soldek. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, and you see a, a promotion like KSW, you know, they the guy Martin Landowski, I think that's his name, the owner, like takes care of the fighters. A lot of former UFC guys there. You think that would be a, a good stomping ground? For, you get to see Europe. You get to see some pros. You get to cut your teeth with some some former. Uh, Vets that were in the UFC is K is KSW something you see yourself fighting in?
1: Yeah, I see myself fighting in there, but like obviously like me like I I would like always like say yes to the UFC like if there was a choice I'm always gonna say yes like because like that's like the big the big promotion you know. But like KSW is also a big promotion and everything. I would still fight there, like you know my first. Uh, my first, like, 10 fights, I'll
0: fight there. You already have kind of, like, a mentor in, like, a soul dick, because, you know, like, you can confide with him if you needed to, and, you know, he's a champion, so, you know, he could, like, give you some advice on what it means, like, when you get to 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 get to that level, the work that goes in. Yeah. Is that some, and then, like, uh, and what was, and, like, so what was it like when you went to TriStar, and you saw some of these pros? Like, how starstruck were you? Because I went in January, and I'll be honest, like, I was, like, a kid in the candy shop, and Sandra was, like, yeah, come, but don't, like... Take any photos, which is like normal, because like when you fanboy, you see guys like you see on TV, like the Johnny Walkers, the Kevin Lees, the Rory McDonalds, and it's like oh my god, I can only imagine the shit show when George comes. Everyone like just is silent.
2: Well, you know now like they're starting to get used to it, but like Ferraz says, and myself, like he asks me like to take a look at some of the uh, guys, which are which our guests, they're like, not to bother them a bit too much, but right after training, like it's always okay to ask them because they're actually human beings too, you know, like you can ask them like, for a quick picture, but that's after a minute. Yeah. I mean, because that's their job. So like, if you're gonna bother them, like before they warm up, they're like, they're like suiting up and this and that, that's when a lot of the guys, like they get annoyed, you know, like it's not cause like they don't like that, it's just cause it's their job. So like they gotta properly warm up. I'm like they gotta properly do their like wraps right. I'm like they gotta listen to who is their sparring partners. Like if they're prepping for a fight, like they gotta listen to what Ferraz says to them. Or else if I, or else if I'm working with somebody, like I strongly suggest that they work with so and so and so and so. You know. So but if there's guests there, like we strongly recommend them to like just. Enjoy the show, you know. And after, like, they can have a chat or whatever. It's fine. Because at the end of the day, like, it's still a job for them.
0: Yeah. Do you wish you could have met like Vitor, like Sandro's? uh... Vitor,
2: yeah. Like I, I
1: never saw him in person. I never met him, but like I would, I would want to meet him since he's like a pioneer, pioneer in the UFC. He's been uh, there for a long time.
0: Champion too. Yeah, nineteen years old. Tournament winner at nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you could take <laughs> off, of, yeah, off, off of that. Like, when you watch Vitor fight, because like you, you have very good hands. Do you try to? Do you like his style where he just throws like volume? Is that the kind of uh, boxer you want to, the boxing you want to have? Like not you you have knockout power, but do you also want to have that volume p- pace too?
1: Yeah, I like to mix it all up. Like volume is good. Also, it depends like the time in the fights. Like I like the I like the volume. I use volume a lot. I also use like uh, sometimes I I I throw like one shot like knockout shots, and then like it rocks the guy. So I feel like I, I like I want to like mix it all up, you know, like be a complete fighter, and mix everything up.
0: And for this uh fight you have coming up, what uh, what do you know about your opponent? Like from what uh, y- y- you've seen, or oh, my heard? opponent, he's
1: like he's like a traditional Thai, like he has that Thai style traditional, like basically like everyone I fought before. Like they all have that similar style, like it's a really predictable style to fight against. Like I know what they're gonna do, I know what what they're gonna throw, like I know what they want to throw and like I counter all that.
0: And uh, so the goal is to fight MFL a few fights and then you know rack some wins up and then go pro like uh, and then... Well me like I'm taking like the long roads, mm-hmm. like the long road is like like, the
1: short road is, like, fast, but that's, like, the, not the best. Like, the long road's the best. So now, like, I'm doing, like, a bunch of K-1 fights, doing K-1 fights, K-1 fights. And then after, I'm going to transition to MMA and do a bunch of MMA fights.
0: And then we do grappling on the side, too, yeah. like wrestling, uh, jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Do you, yeah, that's on there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there really isn't. Like, you're doing it right, because a lot of guys, yeah. they want that fast track for the money they want to get but you have to if you want to do it right and make the money you have to do everything you have to balance it out
1: yeah like a a lot of guys try to do it quick like it might not show now like if they do it quick and everything but like down the road like maybe when it comes like their their seventh or tenth like uh, pro fights then they're gonna see like oh shit I should have stayed uh, a bit longer, because
2: now I'm reaching the high level in pros. Well, like, we've been seeing a lot of that, like, in the UFC, you know, like, we've got a lot of uh, guys that they get blown out of proportion, you know, because they had that one knockout win, that one exceptional, crazy performance, and and then from there, like, we never hear from them again, you know, so, like, we've seen a lot of that, you know, uh, uh, the the Russian guy I mean, that just like popped onto the scene that Chimaev amazing striker amazing fighter but this is my thing can you give him another two three fights and then like you can throw him into the top like 15 or top 10 guys like to fight he's got two fights like in the UFC he did extremely well but you gotta give him somebody that's gonna you know like he's like high level it shows like his striking is out of this fucking world he's He's uh, very well prepped, and he's a killer. But you look like a killer when you're going up against guys which are professionals, but they're not to that level yet. Yeah. So he gets that media hype, like, right off the bat. Like I say, that's, that's not a good thing. You know, give him another two good fights, two good solid fights, and if he performs like he did... Now that's a lot. Like Dan, like you can give him like top fifteen guys.
0: Yeah, give him like a Michael Chizia or Exactly.
2: Like you gotta give him a test. You know, like you gotta give them a good test, because being a pro like in the UFC, like you're you're considered to be the best fighters on the planet now. So, I've seen a lot of things like at the fight nights, this that, like that's my own personal opinion. Like as like as a coach, there's not mismatches, but you see the level. You see, the level of skill to some guys are not well matched. Like some are like great grapplers, but their striking is horrible. And some are super strikers, but their conditioning is shit.
0: You look at a guy like Darren Till. It's like they fast tracked him after he just like he knocked out Cowboy. But you know, Cowboy, you can argue is always a lightweight, and then he fought a Wonder Boy Thompson. But it was a very close fight, like Wonderboy could have won that
2: fight. See, Till is that type of fighter which people like to watch because he's tough, he's gritty, he'll bring the fight, and he's that old school type style that he won't go down without a fight. So you can expect a knockout or something dramatic. But like you said, I do do agree with you, like right away they put him on a pedestal. It's like, relax, I like, like I like Till too like I love his style like I love his uh, but they boosted him up so high like it was crazy it's like take your time man relax
0: you know you gotta do it the right way yeah So like, do it the right way man look at like look. the best thing is like you have the you have the best exact study material in front of you watch guys that rose up fast only to come crashing down because the same people you meet going up the ladder you meet climbing down basically
1: yeah like a lot like a lot of guys in UFC like um Let's say, example, Sage Northcutt, He gets there like at 20 years old in UFC.
0: Great example.
1: Like, yeah, like sure. projected to be like a superstar and everything. Very good example. And then after he, he like gets, like, he's not, he doesn't live up to his hype. Yeah, and like, then you, take, like, you think like an Adesanya, he went the K1 road, he got like K1 fights, then he goes to the UFC. But his first like, appearance in the UFC was like, what, at 28, 29 years old? Yeah. And you won the
0: belts. Yeah, like, you know, so people say, oh, I want to do the, be the youngest champion, like we see with Edmund Shabazzian now who fought last night. He's like, I want to break John Jones' record, or Macy Barber. He's like, I'm going to be the youngest female champion ever. But it's like.
2: It's it, great to have those, like, uh, it's great to have those goals, but don't jump the gun, you know? Then that's in everything in life, man. Like, if you want to be a pro soccer player, like a pro basketball player, a pro hockey player, you know, like, you can't just jump the gun on I me mean, because you had one or two great fights. You can't do that. You know, what, do you think George, like, had a great fights, like, all his life? No. No, he didn't at all. Like, he started in the UCC, then, like, went to TKO, and then, like, he got... Uh, and and then he went up to the UFC. But before all that, like, he... Like, he did a couple of amateur boxing fights. Like, he did a lot of jujitsu tournaments, you know? So... I'll take George like, as an example, because over here like he's considered uh, an, he's an icon. icon here. So a lot of the guys which are up-in-comers which talk to me and they're like, and I've seen a lot of this. you know, like uh, They jump from gym to gym, they jump from coach to coach. That, and I tell them, guys, who gave you the best example here like as a mixed martial arts champion? George St. Pierre, right? Why don't you follow his way to do things? Train hard. Get, like, a bit of information from so-and-so, so-and-so. Like, you can get your Muay Thai from so-and-so. Get that. You know, like, go look around. Like, in gyms, I'm going to go get a bit of uh, knowledge a bit everywhere. That's what mixed martial arts is. Like, I'm for that. But at the end of the day, like, you got to be loyal to who was with you since day one. And George was with for us. Yeah. So, George went to Greg Jackson. George went to Hanzo Gracie. George... uh, George went to Europe, George, you know, so, but at the end of the day, the the guys which actually stuck by him was his team, you know, like, uh, partners, like, uh, Moazzo, like back in the day. So I can say like, it's those guys. So, and George till today, from what I can see, like, he always, uh, he always mentions that. So he appreciates that. So... What boggles my mind Is when I see Up and comers Pros And They're like Idolizing George But they're not doing The same shit as he is You know Like I see them One day they're doing this And another day Like they're wearing Another sweater And another day They're wearing another sweater Like they'll
0: go from like Try to start to say Sherbatov And then from Sherbatov To like Pick an MMA gym Basically It's
2: like I'm for going and get knowledge, like you can go on a weekend with your coach, like you're gonna go, let's say, like you just said, let's say, Sherbatov, like just for an example. So you bring your coach along with you, like you go to Sherbatov, so they can help you out with so and so stuff. Or else you can go somewhere else, you know, so they can help you with this and that, you know, but I don't know, like I think I'm maybe too old school, man, but sometimes like it actually bothers me a tad bit. You know, like, I don't see a bit of loyalty, like, I see too much of that bullshit,
0: like, going on. They just move around, and I like what you said about Sage Northcutt, like, yeah, he was, like, the hype train, like, don't get me wrong, I, like, I get, like, uh, like, like, when I see, when they hear, like, the words high-level specialist striker with that taekwondo or karate background, it's, like, it, it piques my attention, because, like, there's something about that mystique of, like, the traditional arts, like, you know, we saw Showtime Pettis, Wonderboy, but yeah, I don't know, like, Sage was, like they gave him some fights, but he could just never be on that same level. Like, it's like the Paige Van Zandt, too. Like, now, like, she's leaving and You know, it's like, and now Sage went to one, and y- you saw what happened to him. Yeah, and w- I saw
1: that the, the fight where he got, like, knocked out. It's
0: like, hasn't fought since, and it's yeah, like... Really? Yeah, he hasn't fought I since.
1: Like,
2: I haven't been following him. But, uh, no, like, it's true. what you're saying, but he's a great athlete, you know, and a great person, too. I mean, like, I met him at TriStar, and, uh, He's so respectable, and it shows that he comes from those traditional backgrounds. But you're absolutely right, like the media like actually hyped him up so much that he probably had to deal with all that pressure. So like you're giving a a newbie, what was he, like he was 20 years old or maybe?
0: Yeah, he he came in at like 19.
2: So like you're giving him so much pressure like on the world stage, which he's very athletic. He's like very good. Like I'm not gonna say he's not, he's something special. But a, a 20 year old, and you're giving him like the key, so much the car keys. Going here, like take this, and like you gotta go 200 miles an hour now. It's like, holy shit, what? But I've never, you know, like just let him flow in there, you know.
0: Not everybody wants to be John, like the John Jones, to be that young champion or break his record. But what they have to get is like that opportunity was like an aberration. It happened out of like luck. And just circumstance, if you remember, like, Rashad got injured, John was under him, yeah, it's true. and then, like, John was going to eventually fight for the title, but the the, the consensus was Rashad would have moved up to heavyweight or retired, because Rashad was, like, in, like, in getting to the twilight of his career, and then, you know, the, uh, he got injured, and then John got that opportunity, but that cut, that's, like, so rare, it's like a one in a, me- like, a meteorite has to hit Earth for that to happen, they,
2: See like, we, see, like, we can take John Jones, like, as a good example, but I wouldn't. Why? Because if you're talking to me about being a champion, like, a champion is in the octagon and outside of the octagon. Yeah. And right there. Like, you can tell me all his athletic skill and everything, like, he did, like, in the octagon was out of this world. But everything he did on the outside of the octagon, for me, he's not a champion. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. You know, like, I wouldn't... Like, I look up to his accomplishments in the octagon, but everything else on the outside, it's like, come on.
0: It's like Like, I'd
2: rather look at a Daniel Cormier. Like, I'd rather look at a, like, at a George St. Pierre again. And Anthony Rumble Johnson. Anthony Rumble. you know, like, we can go with a lot of other names, you know. Like, an Anderson Silva, you know. Like, freaking Anderson was the John Jones, like, of the era. You know, so he was unbeatable. Like, he had this style, which was untouchable king from Shootbox academy and uh and you never had scandals and controversy with anderson solo you know?
0: yeah and then there was also like vitor too like uh exactly
2: well like i'm talking about like yeah before like everything like vitor was vitor man like he's the phenom and that's why they called him the phenom you know
0: what Want to ask you guys what's your opinion of a guy like luke rockwell because i always get into a fight with my coach about this <laughs> And every time, like, my coach, like, you know Mo, like, Mo loves yeah. Luke Rockhold. Like, he like he, he lo- like, every time now, like, he talks about Luke Rockhold, I just comment, who's that? I'm like, who that? So, like, like, who's this? Like, I just sent him a picture of Vitor giving him the spinning back kick, and I'm like, oh, this is Rockhold? I'm like, that's the Rockhold you speak of? But, like, uh, you know, you, you saw a guy like Rockhold, you know, former Strikeforce champion, the last one, then, had his rise, and he won the belt, if you remember, and then he went, shh. What's your, what was your, what's your opinion of a guy like... Rocco, like I don't
1: really watch him that much, but he's he's a good fighter, you know. Like I'm, I'm not really sure like uh, of his story, so I I didn't really watch him. Like uh, Mm because I came, I I started watching MMA like not long ago, like a couple years ago. That's fine, yeah. So when uh,
2: when he was on top, like I wasn't really watching that. Drew, like, is uh, encyclopedia for like a savant. Yeah. He knows stuff. even yeah. when, like, you know, like, when, like, the time that I used to do kibushin tournaments, and I don't even remember, you know. It's like,
0: Sandra like hey, Sandra, I heard this and this and this a day and day, and it's like, Sandro's like, how the fuck do you know this? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you weren't even, like, doing it or no. I was like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I ask around, you know, and then, like I, like, I do my own little read. Yeah, I'm kind of like a savant that way, like, and I like the fighters, too, They're like, not many people, like... But no, like don't get me wrong. Like my top five right now, like I'll tell you, are like Wonder Boy Thompson, GSP, Izzy, Gegard Mousasi, who fought Rory. Like Mousasi, Moussa- and Mousasi is like if you ever want to understand, I'm not taking anything away from Adesanya, but when you think of 185, there's three names. Like there's, there, there's two names in 185.
2: Mousasi was the uncrowned champion at the UFC because they always... They, to my opinion, they did Musasi dirty. Oh, they always and did. They did him dirty, man. Because he was supposed to get a lot of title shots
0: and, you know, but... Every time they put him up against someone and... No,
2: like, I think, I mean, Musasi, uh, not like he's... And he's a great, like, he's been around ever since Pride. No, are you kidding me, man? Like, you talk about Musasi, it's like he's he one of the He
0: best. fought Manhoof, Dennis Kang, and Jacare all in the same night. Dude, that's crazy you fight those three guys, <laughs> Melvin Manhoef. okay, Melvin motherfucking Manhoef, who gets walked out on a dog leash by his trainer, is fucked up in the head a bit. <laughs> but Melvin, man, yeah, Melvin, it's, it's a shame that some of these guys, like, you hear about them, but they don't fight in the UFC, and for whatever reason, like, like what do you think that is?
2: I think because they had a contract back in uh, the... Pride days or back in the K one days, so they never really transitioned over to North America. One because they live in Europe, so maybe like it wasn't very tempting for them back then, like the money. That that was the same era of when they had made a deal with Cro so like they made a very lucrative deal, probably because there was a or uh, Mark Hunt too, like, but when that with Vanderly Silva, same thing. You know, so when that transitioned over, like a lot of the European fighters, which were like Sakuraba, you know, like guys, uh, you know, like I can go on and on and on, uh, you know, like I guess the money probably back then was, was not that interesting. You know. So they stayed like in Europe and they fought in organizations like M1 or uh, if I remember right, like What a Dream!
0: Risen, Dream, Strike Force, they go into like Coker had a way of getting the guys into Strike Force. Yeah. What's your favorite pro? Do you, so you have a choice of three promoters you want to work with? And obviously, you know, excluding Dana White, because that's at yeah. like the top of the top.
2: Satan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you don't like him. Uh, you have a choice of either Scott Coker or Chautry in one. So Scott Coker runs Strike Force, runs Bellator, and Chautry runs, runs one. Which one would you want to work with?
1: I'd probably choose uh, one because like I feel like they're like they give better contracts to the guys Way better contracts like and it's also like I feel like there's like a healthier relationship with the promoter and the fighter It's uh, a very good like uh, it's a very good promotion. I'd fight there for sure
0: they, they're doing good, man. Like They got, like, Chachi's brought in Rich Franklin, Misha Tate. I
2: think he's been around. Rich Franklin's been there, like, since the beginning, I think. You know, like, when even one, like, wasn't that popular. Like, Rich Franklin was, I think, the director of operations or something like that. And Misha Tate, I don't know, but it's not that long. Like, I don't think, like, she's been
0: there. No, Misha's only been there for, like, about two years now it's going to be two years now like at the end of 2018 they
2: brought her like the reason why I like 1-1-1 FC is because one like it reminds me of Pride two like it's about the fighter and the entrances are like back in the Pride days same with KSW it's everything about the fighter it like surrounds everything is about the fighter like it's not only about their brand like it's about whenever they walk in the entrance is out of this world like, there's music like there's entertainment like there's a huge screen like, there's fireworks whatever so it could take maybe five to ten minutes I'm gonna walk into the ring but people get their money's worth and it's really enjoyable for the fan uh, the UFC like people are you know the UFC has become so big that now like they gotta branch out like into fight nights uh, like into the tough like uh, or Dana the White's PC. contender series. Yeah, exactly. So now, like, you got a branch out, branch out. But with all the years, like, I never really saw them emphasize everything. That's my opinion. But it's never been really emphasized on the fighter himself. Like, it's always about the brand, or it's about uh, like the sponsors, which like. But when like I used to watch Pride, it was about the fighter. And ONE FC, that's what they actually remind me of. You know, it's like every time you see a 1FC event, it's out of this world. Like, And they're, I think, the first to bring in Muay Thai in a cage with four-ounce gloves. So that's like another crazy, you know, it's crazy.
0: They're start. even going to start a karate division in there, oh, too. Oh, yeah,
2: really? Well, yeah. uh, you're talking about Kyuk Shin or you're talking about... Karate, shodokan, I think
0: they versus. wanted to put Kyokushin in with Shotokan. Like, they wanted to make a different style. So, they would want to have the Kyokushin versus one of the Ryu styles, which I think would be amazing. That you know, would we... be
2: great to watch because a lot of connoisseurs, like, would understand. When when I say I come from Kyokushin, Budo, Karate, like, people are like, oh, yeah, like, you do that, like, point system stuff. And it's, I don't even want to talk to you no more. You know? It's <laughs> like, like
0: you Yeah, you too. So, yeah, like, as you're saying, yeah, we you said the stores want to see Kyokushin with all the other styles of Ryu, yeah, Shotokan, yeah. Kenpo, American yeah. yeah. Kempo. Well, look,
2: like, I would actually be a fan of that. Like, I would actually sit down and actually take the time to watch those, like, competitions, but they have to be legit fighters. Like, they don't have to take guys that come from so-and-so school, so-and-so school. Like, they got to give, like, somebody that's been a pro, and you'll... Put him up against somebody that is high-level Kyokushin against high-level Shotokan. Yeah,
0: like I want to see like a Vincent Michaud at heavyweight versus like a, a heavyweight guy, guy at Shotokan. Because right. like uh, Vincent is like, Vincent is a Kyokushin guy, one of Canada's best heavyweights. It's like when you think of Kyokushin, Nick, there's, there's two names of, of my generation that come to to mind. It's Mohamed Chick and Vincent Michaud. Those are like the big two. It's like you have... Moe's like the John Jones of Kyokushin, and Vincent would be like the DC. Don't worry, Moe's not like the John Jones outside, but like it's it's that kind of rivalry. But it, they don't hate each other; they like respect each other.
2: But I, but I don't personally think it could happen because there's too many politics that is gonna probably put uh, a stop to that. Yeah. Because for a fan, like it would be amazing to watch. You know, oh my God, like we're gonna put like the best of our organization against the best of that organization. The, so I think like there's gonna be a lot of uh, people which are gonna be clashing heads, you know. Of course, whenever cash is involved, like there is always that, you know. So there, so there has to be a top dog going. Well, we're actually putting in a lot of money, and we want so and so and so and so to fight, but. You know it like I do because you come from a Tukushin background.
0: Like, there's gonna be too much of the that. Like, oh my God! Let I'm me started on that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, with like what I saw from the pandemic, man. Like, you, you saw, I saw all the true colors of the organizations finally, except for one. Like, one is like there's, there's one that like I'm not gonna say on here, but like there were good ones that 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 I know I can trust, but I just didn't like how they're preaching for unity, but schools are going under, and it's like, hey, where's like the subsidies to help them? Like, why did the school have to go to the. The government, you know. So. Well, Drew,
2: I bit my tongue when I watched on social media that they gave uh, an honorary seventh Dan to Stephen Seagal. You know, it's like I am for honorary dance because George St. Pierre got one board. George St. Pierre comes from the basics and fundamentals of Kikushin. And George didn't get seven dance. George got a showdown. So it just added on to his belt. You know? We got a Sandan,
0: that's it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: A Sandan. So, for me, it's like super respectful that they showed him that gratitude because every time he stepped into the octagon, he represented Kyukushin and he never was shy about it, like he said it. Now, it's like, I read this a couple of months ago, I think. It's like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's like, how can steven Seagal. Like, get an honorary 7 Dan in Kyokushin when I'm pretty sure he never even trained one day in Kukushin. He did a keto. Like, he never even did one full-contact bare-knuckle fight in Kukushin. It's like, I get it. Like, you need the star power and it's, like it's fun to have stars. And so, just give him one Dan, like, an honorary black belt, 7 Dan. You know, a lot of people that I criticize them, like, on the internet, like, I... Like, I didn't give a shit. Like, I gave them my, like, my, you know, like, it's an insult to all of us that have done it for so many years and that have injuries, and broken bones, and we, and we really sacrificed to get a showdown. That's it. You know, like, I still have mine. Like, I put it up in my wall and everything. But that showdown has so many fights right under it. It's like, it could be probably worth, like four or five minutes exactly so how can somebody pop out of the woodwork (laughs) because he's got a bit of star power and like you're just gonna honor every given like that's where to my opinion now is uh, the art totally respected it's what actually gave a lot of champions like you know like their basics and fundamentals but uh uh, now I don't know because I haven't been around it for so many years but what I've overheard from so many people that have been in some of the organizations uh, it hasn't evolved like uh, it's just it. it's always in the same patterns it's like the fighters get busted up they do great uh, great tournament fights and they never get a cent and uh, you know like they do it out of gymnasium still so it's like one day like you gotta evolve a bit you know
0: Good thing you're you're not fighting in a gymnasium. Like you're in a cage or ring, you fight on the gymnasium floor like like me and Sandra did, you're gonna be like, fuck this.
1: Yeah. Like my favorite is the fight in the cage. Because like the cage is like it like enhances my style. Because like there's more space to move, there's more space. In a ring I feel like I'm more like crowded. You know? Like I can't like move a lot, stuff like that. But, like I still get the job done in either, but like if you tell me octagon or ring, I pick
0: octagon. Yeah, you have more time to maneuver. You can use your tricks. There's there. Uh, so like once uh, you. So after Saturday, uh, what's, if like, everything goes your way? You know, knock on wood. What uh, what's the next plan? Like, is it uh, more K one fights basically? Yeah, basically like
1: I'm trying to be K one champ, like. I want to have like more than one belt in uh, K-1 and then after I'm gonna just to, to the MMA. Like I feel like uh, it's, it's gonna come fast because like I, I usually get fights fast. I always stay active and stuff like Especially that. Especially now
0: because everyone wants to fight again. Like yeah. they need, they want to just get their yayas out after all the quarantine.
2: And Nick is the type of guy that is not gonna say no, you know. Like, but we gotta like give it a bit of time sometimes, you know, like he wants to jump right back in. So, like, I always say, like, take, like, a couple of weeks. I'm going to rest, but I'll just stay, like, functional. But, uh, yeah, like, like I know that he's going to do very well, like, this Saturday. I mean, that's coming up. And uh, from there, like, if there's an event, I mean, that'll be up and coming, like, in the next couple of weeks or maybe a month or two later, like, let's do it, man. You know, like, I'll even try to reach out to some of my Ontario buddies. That's like, good. going to do some K1 uh, events. I'm for it, you know, it's just that this COVID, like, it's type of, like, put the, like, it's type of complicating, like, it's type of complicated stuff, you know. So, and it well, threw I'm everything sure.
0: upside down.
2: Yeah, like, they don't know, like, what's going on, you know, like, uh, are we allowed so-and-so, are we allowed this, are we allowed that. And uh, the Montreal Fight League on Saturday, I mean, that's coming up, like, uh, Maz, like, did something which is really cool. Like, I find, like, he took the chance to put the octagon outside. So he's going to do uh, an event, which is going to be outside, which I had like the address of like, yeah. it, like it's a new address and uh, yeah, like he's actually taking a chance and he's the only, uh, he's the only amateur organization here in Quebec, which actually followed protocol and which every, which everybody's got to get tested. Like the, the fighters, the coaches, and there's one coach on the, that's in the corner fighters have to get tested and he's running it uh, through a pay-per-view stream i think but because it's outside uh, what we were told is they're only allowed to uh, have 250 spectators or like 200 spectators which in a way it's cool because when it's going to be nice like and sunny like it's supposed to be sunny next saturday hey like it's going to be a hell of an experience like it's like he's fighting in fight island but in Montreal.
0: Or bow dog fight Remember when they did Bow dog fight in the eye, on, the, on the beach Like yeah. So Masvidal I, I think you're a Masvidal fan Right Yeah I like Masvidal also. So he fought on the beach Actually back in the day So before UFC When UFC was just exploding There used to be a There used to be a promotion Called I think Shark fight or bow dog I'm sure you've heard of it Shark fight and bow dog Yeah so it was owned by a guy And they used to put Like the fights on the beach Chael Sonnen fought in there too It was on a On a fucking beach On a fight island man How crazy is that So
2: Well look like That's what I'm actually Looking at You know like so Sometimes like there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of people here like in the province of Quebec, but like instead of uniting and like helping everybody, like especially the athletes, you know, like the combat sport athletes, boxers, mixed martial arts fighters, Muay Thai fighters, K1 fighters, like stop being so dispersed. Like let's just try to reach a common ground, and everybody will make money, and everybody will compete, and you know. I find, like, there's a lot of egos and a lot of old tensions which never got settled. That's what I can feel. Like, I don't know the stories, but I can tell you sometimes, like, it's annoying for fighters like Nick because Nick has to choose from, oh, well, like, I got to go to this promotion. Oh, well, I got to go to that promotion because so-and-so is it. So, I, like, I try to prep my guys, like, to say, guys, like, fighting is fighting. I, I... I don't care if you fight out of Quebec. I don't care if you fight at Fight Quest. I don't care if you fight at Montreal Fight League. I don't care if you fight at the Fighter League. I don't really give a shit. What we care us is just to keep you active and competitive. For who, for like which promotion, we don't really give a shit. But, and there is no favoritism, but if we see that one is acting more professional than another, hey, so be it, you know? Like if one has more fights to offer than another, so be it, you know? Like it's not because I like you better, it's because you're offering my fighter more fights.
0: Makes sense. Have you watched the pride fights? You know, we we were talking about pride, have you ever seen that? Yeah, like
2: I went because like, um,
1: on the UFC app, on the UFC (laughs) app, like you could search up the old pride fights and I, I watched a couple.
0: Who's your favorite fighter from that back, back then? You have guys like Rampage, uh, Dan Hendo, Wawwanderlei. Well, favorite fighter, uh, I don't really have a
1: favorite fighter in Pride, but like, I watched their fights for fun, you
0: know? It was a spectacle. It was just too bad when they, when they merged the UFC and Pride. Like, the, the, when the Pride guys came down, there was like all that like speculation. Oh my god, it's like Shogun's gonna come down. He's gonna fight L finally, or like, and Rampage is coming. But none of everything was like wah wah
2: wah. What sucked like back then, like if uh, I may, is that you're taking fighters which gave like 15 years of wars in Japan when there was uh, there there was open weight categories, there was the welterweights fighting the middleweights, there was freak show fights you all know, the big heavyweight. I, Bob
0: Sapp versus Minotaro.
2: you know so like a lot of these fighters which are legends today like they were messed up so they had already had a lot of mileage on them like a Vanderlei Silva so back in Vanderlei Silva's heyday like he was unbeatable and he was a two time champ and then there was even Dan Henderson which was a pride champ too so when they all moved over to the UFC like not many actually shined like Shogun shined There was Anderson Silva, shined, uh, you know, like, so we could even count them, like, on our fingers. Like, there wasn't much. But you're taking guys that gave 10, 15 years of their lives, like, in Japan, in wars, and now you're bringing them to the UFC, where, you know, it's, like, up-and-coming fighters, and now, like, you're bringing in, like, the old-school veterans, which are on their way out. So it type of looked bad, like, for some of the Pride fighters, which I found, like, a bit messed up, you know? But hey, like it, it was entertaining, but people which wanted to debate, hey, like are UFC fighters better than Pride? It's like, dude, like it was a different era. So like you're taking the ones which are almost out of steam and like you're throwing in and you're throwing them to the wolves. Like when Rampage Jackson came onto the scene in the UFC, he became uh, he became the light heavyweight champion. But he didn't last long, like as the letter, do we He Cup.
0: had only one defense, and then after that, he lost his belt and he just went exactly. and then,
2: ch- and then, okay. sh- so like there was Silva. There was Gilbert Ivo that came from Pride, which was, a force to be reckoned with. And he came to the UFC and he lost, I think, one or two fights and he looked horrible. But you know, so Crocop and uh, Mirko, of course, you know, like. Uh, Cro came in, he won and lost. So like, I can say like him, it was, uh, you know, like like it was a balancing act because he got hurt against Gabriel Gonzaga. Then I think a couple of years later, like he got surgery and everything. And then he came back and he redeemed himself, which makes him more than a legend, you know? Then he went back to Japan and fought in Ryzen and fought four times, like in one, one, in one night, I think, or three times. And he won like the Ryzen belt. It's like, you can't take that away like from these guys. You can't, you know? like people which could, like people which can criticize, they can't because you can't take that away from, oh yeah, but he fought bums. No dude, like when you're in a worldwide organization, you know, you're not fighting bums, like you're fighting like warriors. You know? So, and especially him at his age and he had reconstructive surgery in both knees Winning the Ryzen belt And
0: then he Called it quits Thank God you know. Legend So Nick I'm going to ask you You know I always do this You know With my guests at the end Something that Sandro Told me to do Because I guess the fighter The peep, The guests to think One <laughs> fighter One word so you have to Describe that fighter In one word And I'm going to ask you why Okay. Bad or good <laughs> Are You ready I'll make it fair for you I'll make it fair Are You ready So you're going to Like name me fighters And I say one fighter only and then you have to describe that one fighter in one word okay are you ready? yeah I'll make it fair Sugar Sean O'Malley flashy and how he like conducts himself and yeah
1: like like everything like that he does like uh, his style how he looks like everything like the hair like in his last fight like the the rainbow yeah the rainbow hair like the, the face tats
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That like that K okay, that hook of uh, of Eddie Wy- on Eddie Wineland. Just, Jesus. That was nice. That was a crazy kill. He he's a future man. It's like I think I could see why like you're of that style. Like they they don't specialize in one and get a black belt in one. They just do everything. It's like a mix of everything now.
2: See, Nick is 10-dimensional. See, like I don't want him to be just one-dimensional just stuck in the mud. Throwing the jab cross, the jab cross deep, the jab cross low kick, jab cross forward. Like, I wanted to throw the jab, jab cross switch r- right hand, the jab step in right hand, inside low kick. You know, like, I wanted to vary all that, and he responds well to that. It's just now he has to know when to time it and like when not to. It makes and Not sense. to panic either.
0: Yeah, it's like so. You, you. I'd say your style is kind of like a uh, Sugar Sean with like Edmund Shabazi, and basically you just do everything, basically.
2: Yeah,
1: like basically, like all the like the guys that I watch, they're like similar style to me and similar body types to me. So like I try to use that as
2: my advantage. Which very, is very important because he has a body type that that's long, and he, so if like he studies up with these guys, like he's gonna really blend into okay this works for me this doesn't work for me this works
0: for me this doesn't work for me Makes total it's very smart so nick where can uh, people reach you if they ever want to get in touch with you like
1: they could uh reach me on my instagram like i'm i'm active on my instagram mostly uh at inevitable underscore
0: mma yeah only instagram no like uh twitter i mean no one's on facebook anymore really so like mostly
1: yeah mostly instagram because like the other apps like i don't really use it like for like i don't really use it like facebook i only use it the people who i'm close with
2: yeah, yeah. They, yeah, like he doesn't do dance moves on the like on TikTok. Like
0: oh yeah, day. stay off TikTok. <laughs> Thank God you're off. T- Dude, that's what I like about you already. Because like, everyone's like get it, get it on TikTok. No, I don't want to be on TikTok. I have enough distractions with Twitter. People posting about their negativity, and I just want to hear the news of MMA. <laughs> so I could tell Sandra what news I heard, or like you, or like when I share shit with others, or I have Instagram to look at memes and MMA. People get knocked out because that's what I spend. That's like what I. That's what, like my bandwidth. Has has time for so yeah and Sandro where can people connect with you
2: on Instagram of course on IG like the uh, well I guess it's the younger generation on which I was following on IG well it's sandro.fer fer fer with F-E-R-R so if ever you guys are interested in uh, getting in shape in learning a martial art a striking martial art uh, you know you guys you uh, I work with beginners with, with amateurs pros and with the everyday Joe which just wants to change his everyday routine you could hook me up on uh, instagram and you could send me out a message and don't be shy like i'll give you all the information needed where when and how
0: exactly all right guys thanks for coming It was finally fun to get this going you know it's been a little while in the works man and uh, good luck with your fight on saturday thank you thank you it's gonna be good man so see how so yeah thanks guys thanks for listening